Hi everyone, welcome back to the Rothko Chapel for our 12th moment of contemplation and sound. This is a series where we're exploring how music and sound found in different spiritual, faith, and mindful practices and traditions can help us move through life's challenges. For those of you who are joining for the first time, I'm Ashley Clemmer. I'm the Director of Programs and Community Engagement, and we are inside the Rothko Chapel, a sacred art space located in the Montrose community here in Houston, Texas. And if you haven't been here before and you've never heard of the Rothko Chapel, this is an entire complete work of art by an artist named Mark Rothko. So he not only created this space, but also 14 enormous paintings like the ones you see behind me and I'm also surrounded by. We're open every day, to, well not every day, but we're open Tuesday through Sunday, 10 to six, and it's free, and it's a space where you can come with your family and your friends if you just need a moment of quiet. Maybe life's feeling really stressful and loud. This is a place, we'll just listen for a second, it's really quiet. We also offer public programs. So for the parents out there, just so you know, we have a lot of different programs that we offer throughout the year. Some are family friendly, some are more just for adults, where we explore art, spirituality, and human rights. So today, this particular program is designed for the whole family and for all ages. And it's really specifically focused around challenging times. And we know we're going through a lot of them right now, right? Like COVID cases are rising, school's about to start. And that's just part of it. Just life's hard sometimes, right? Just daily life, your brother, your sister is just bugging you. Your teacher's giving you a hard time. You have to clean your room. I don't know, there's all these things. And we have with us some music therapist friends. We have Mariel Baird and Hilary Gomez from the Texas Children's Hospital who are gonna lead us in a mindfulness through music practice. For all of you out there, whatever you age, your age is with, with your family. So this entire program is gonna be one hour and if you're already feeling like this is not very exciting, I'm almost done talking and then it's gonna get a lot more fun, I promise. So before we begin, I just wanna introduce who these amazing humans are that are beside me, and then, uh, then I'm gonna leave it to them. So the music therapy program at Texas Children's Hospital focuses on creating a safe environment for children and families to relax, have fun, grow, and express themselves through music. Mariel Baird joins the music therapy team at THC. She joined it in 2016, and she became a board-certified music therapist after completing her master's in music therapy at Colorado State University and her bachelor's in music education from Louisiana State University. She's a certified neurologic music therapist, gaining fellowship status in 2019. She currently serves as the internship director and the acute care music therapist. So welcome. And now we have Hillary, oh, I lost my notes. Hold on everybody, Hillary Gomez, recently joined the music therapy team at THC earlier this year, congratulations. And she became a board certified music therapist after completing her master's in music therapy at Sam Houston State University and her bachelor's in piano performance from Ave Maria University. 
She currently serves as the critical care music therapist. So welcome, Hillary. Thank you for having us. And just those out, you, out there, I want you to know this is a career. Like, I don't know if you knew, but this is actually something you can do. So if you enjoy music, also maybe look at it from that lens of, of what your future could look like. All right. Well, now I just want to say thank you all for joining us virtually. I'm going to see you at the end. We're going to have a moment for questions. So I'll be back for that segment. And now I'm going to pass it over to you all. Thanks for being here. Thank Bye, you everybody. So actually, I wanted to start off talking a little bit about music therapy because it is a career, and I might be a little biased. I think it's the best career ever. Ditto. Um, so music therapy is the clinical and evidence-based practice of using music to address non-musical needs. So what that looks like is that we can use music to affect change in our cognitive skills, in behavior, in physical attributes, and what we're gonna explore today is also our psychosocial. And this could look like a whole bunch of things from learning how to play an instrument or writing a song, or even listening to music with a certified music therapist. And the cool thing about music therapy is we're not brand new. We've been around for a very long time, but officially we have been a credentialed profession since 1950, which I can't really do basic math because I'm a musician, but it's quite some time. Um, and in that time, we've been present in schools, in homes, in private practices, and where we work, which is a hospital. That's right. So music therapy within a children's hospital does look a little bit different than what music therapy in our VAs or uh, in our uh, geriatrics or Alzheimer's facilities. <clears throat> Ashley talked a little bit about stressors and things that really stress us out in our life, um, such as school, maybe we've had a fight with a friend or a sibling, maybe we really want insert name of toy here, but it's just not the time or place for it. And those things may make us upset or angry or frustrated. Our friends at Texas Children's Hospital have all of those things going on in their life and then so much more. They are removed from their family and friends and they are put into hospital rooms. Oftentimes, they're feeling really bad in their bodies and their spirits and souls. So what we help do at the hospital is we help normalize this environment. We help make the hospital as fun as we possibly can. That could be through musical games or learning new instruments. Uh, we help make our friends' bodies stronger and more healthy by co-treating or hanging out with our physical and occupational therapists, using music and this innate sense of rhythm to kind of entrain our movements and to make exercise way more fun. We also get to use music in maybe one of my favorite ways, which is helping our hearts and heads feel good. Music helps us express. So when we're experiencing emotions and we just don't know how to say it, or maybe we're not old enough to have the words to express exactly what's going on in our bodies, I bet if you were to give us a drum mallet, we could absolutely show you on a drum how we're feeling, if we're angry or if we're scared. Sometimes 
we're able to harness words and to partner music with those words. And that's called songwriting. Not all songs need to have words, but sometimes if you really want to get your message across, getting to write down lyrics and partner with us in creating unique songs specifically designed to your experience is amazing. Texas Children's is a super special place for us because we also have a professional grade recording studio. So uh, even if maybe you don't go on to become the next Beyonce, we want you to leave with the confidence of that fierce queen, knowing that you were able to have fun, to make the most of the experiences that you've been having, and to form positive memories and associations to a time in your life where maybe you're not your happiest or you're not feeling your best. I think another aspect of music therapy within the children's hospital is and that's really cool for us to get, and an honor, honestly, for mm -hmm. us to get to provide for our friends there, is that we get to help them learn and cope. Coping is essentially a fancy word for making your mind and body feel good, feel calm, and feel ready for whatever is going to come next. Mm -hmm. We are honored to get to show you guys three different ways to help your body, mind, and heart cope through music, movement, and mindfulness today. Now, we're gonna dive in literally in a second, but first I wanna tell you guys what we're talking about. There are three different exercises that we're gonna go through. The first is pretty short, and it's designed specifically for our little friends who need concrete associations with what they are experiencing. These are our friends ages, ooh, about two-ish until about six or seven. After that, we're going to get to do some more cognitive and uh, coordinated tapping and rhythm, putting physical association of mood and memory into our bodies mm -hmm. and helping reframe maybe some negative thoughts that we're having and channel positive aspects out of the experience. And then we're going to end with progressive muscle relaxation. Fancy words for taking the imagination and the muscles in our body and smooshing them together to go through gradually the tensing and releasing of these elements in our body in order to help feel an overarching sense of calm. I said we we're going to dive right in, and I think it's time. Friends, little to big, small to tall, get ready to become starfish. That's right. Starfish are amazing animals, and they are able to teach us a really amazing skill. What is that skill? It's breathing. I know. You would think that we're already expert breathers but we're not quite at the level of starfish. Starfish have special bubbles or dots all over their bodies. And these dots help them breathe through every limb and every piece of their body, which is something that I wish I could do all the time. So let's find a comfortable position. For me today, since my body is a little special right now with my foot, I'm gonna remain sitting. 
But I so encourage you guys to starfish out on the floor, to get big and tall in your living room or your classroom, wherever you're tuning in from, and to listen as we learn the tricks to breathing. <clears throat> Let's start with the easiest spot for us to know. In through our nose. And out. In. And out. Once you're feeling really calm at the top of your body, we're going to take that breath and we're going to travel it in and out. In and out until this arm is feeling nice and relaxed. We're going to do the same thing with our other starfish arm. In and out. One more time. In and out. Man, you guys are breathing great so far. I'm really proud of you. We're going to now breathe all the way to the tip, tip toes of one of our starfish feet. Let's breathe in. And out. One more time, in. And out. Other starfish foot. I bet the rest of your body is feeling so calm. Here we go. Breathing in. And out. Last time, in. And out. Now, friends, we're going to take our starfish body off of the shore and down into the water. Starfish love the water because it's where they're supposed to be. The most natural place for starfish is floating, happy, and free. Friends, I'm so excited for you to join in on our relaxing, deep breathing, happy starfish swim. This is my starfish song. This is my starfish song. Helping my body stay so calm. This is my starfish song. I'm going to sing two more times. As I sing, I want you guys to think of things that make you feel calm. Maybe that's the beautiful sunshine shining through the water that you're floating in. Maybe it's a happy fishy swimming by. You can always wave. Fish love for you to wave at them. Maybe it's that your starfish is floating next to some other favorite starfish. This could be friends or family, people you love, and they make you feel loved. Mm -hmm. 
This is my starfish song. This is my starfish song. Helping my body feel safe and calm. This is my starfish song. This is my starfish song. This is my starfish song. Helping my body feel safe and calm. This is my starfish song. This is my starfish song. <sighs> I hope you feel really relaxed. And I hope your starfish is starting to maybe wiggle back up to the surface to see the shining sun and to be ready to join our friend, Miss Hillary, back on the shore where we are going to tap in to something really cool. Thank you, Miss Muriel, for helping us breathe and ground ourselves, and thank you for taking us back to the surface. That's so fair. Because for the next exercise, we're gonna need gravity. I was gonna say, it's a little difficult to do underwater. <laughs> And so what I'm gonna work on is for some of our school-aged friends who have different things that we worry about and anxiety. So what I'm gonna be showing you guys today is something called EFT. Now, you don't have to memorize what it stands for, but what it stands for is Emotional Freedom Technique. And what it is, is we use two different parts of our brain to help kind of clear up our anxiety and make us feel better about ourselves. So the first part of our brain that we're using is actually the physical part, where we're gonna tap different parts of our bodies to kind of trigger this tactile sensory part of our brain to kind of help with our physical stress. Hmm. Now the second part is where we use our words to actually process the things that are making us worried or stressed or angry or just not feeling that good. And after we say it out loud and recognize it and process it, then we can say things that will help us feel better hmm. with those things or just awesome things that you already have that maybe you need to remind yourself. So to begin, I'm going to teach you what parts of our body we are going to tap. And mm. the cool thing about EFT is that you can use your left hand or your right hand, or if you're pretty fancy, you can use both hands. Um, and to start, we are going to tap our karate chop hand. So if you make a karate hand, do not karate chop because we don't want to do that. But you're going to tap the side of your karate hand. And we're going to count to four while we tap. So it looks like this. One, two, three, four. And that's where we start. And next, we're going to tap in between our eyebrows and we're gonna count to four again. One, two, three, four. Now we're going to move down to the side of our eyes and 
I bet you can guess, we're going to count to four again. One, two, three, four. And then we're going to keep moving down to underneath our eyes and count to four once more. One, two, three, four. Now the next part might be a little tricky because I'm wearing a mask, but we're going to tap underneath our, o our, our nose and right on top of our lip. And we're gonna go for four. One, two, three, four. And then we will keep on moving down our face to our chinny chin chins, and we're going to count to four. One, two, three, four. And now we'll keep on going down our bodies and tap our chest, kind of like if we're gorillas. Hmm. Counting to four. One, two, three, four. And now we're going to pretend to be another animal and you're gonna give yourself a great big bear hug and tap the side of your ribs, going for four. One, two, three, four. And then to finish up our tapping, we're going to our tops of our head where our crown is, since we are pretending to be Beyonce, maybe. Okay. And we're going to tap to four. One, two, three, four. And those are the different parts of our body that we are going to tap into. Now, for the second part, we're going to think of three things that maybe make us feel stressed or angry or just not feeling very good. And for today, I'm going to choose, hmm, what are some good things that we're stressed? I know that a lot of our friends are getting ready to go back to school. Oh, that is also very And school is exciting. But yes. there's such thing as exciting stress. Yeah, I do feel excited stress a lot. Um, maybe you maybe have a brother or sister who, I don't know, maybe is annoying. Maybe. It happens. Um, and, ooh, I know one, because we work in a children's hospital, so we see this a lot. Shots can be scary. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah, to yeah. get shots. They can be scary and not feel good. So we're going to use those three things as examples today. We're going to think about how scary going to school and making new friends might be, how maybe mm. your brother or sister is being really, really annoying, and also getting a shot, how scary that might be. So we're going to repeat each of those three bad, scary things three times. And first, we're going to start with our karate chop hand again. And we're going to say out loud while we tap, I am scared for school to start and making new friends. And then we're going to go to our eyebrows and repeat the same thing. I'm really scared for school to start and making new friends. Then we go to the side of our eyes, repeating it for the last time. I'm really scared for school to start and making new friends. Next, we move to under our eye, and we're gonna think about how our brother or sister, or brothers and sisters, annoy us. So saying out loud, my brothers and sisters annoy me and make me angry. Then we're gonna move to underneath our nose, on top of our lip, saying it once more, my brother and or sister annoys me and makes me angry. And then we move down to our chin, repeating it for the last time. My brother or sister annoys me and makes me angry. 
And then for our last negative phrase that maybe makes us get a little worried, we're going to talk about our shots. And we're gonna go to our collarbones like a gorilla saying, I'm really scared to get shots. And we're gonna give ourselves a great big bear hug and tap the side, saying it once more, I'm really scared to get a shot. And for the final time, we're gonna to go to our crown and tap and talk about how shots can be scary. I'm really scared to get a shot. Now, when you do this at home or at school or in the car, wherever you may be, we try to say those really scary things two or three times. And the reason why we do that is not because we want to focus on how scared or stressed or anxious we are, but to make sure that we understand that how our body is feeling is related to how our mind feels about those things. Hmm. Now, for today, because of time and because we have so many things to show you, I'm only going to say the neg negative thing once. But in real life, when you use this, after you've said it two or three times and tapped through the whole cycle, we're gonna say something positive, something that maybe will help you in those situations, or maybe something awesome that you already have that you just need to remind yourself. So for example, if we're worried about school starting, we can say something like, this year is going to be an awesome year, and I'm gonna make all of the friends. And we're gonna repeat it three times as well. Going to our eyebrow point, this year is going to be an awesome year, and I'm going to make all the friends. Going to the side of our eyes, this year is going to be an awesome year, and I'm going to make all of the friends. Now, as far as our brothers and sisters who may be annoying us, something that would help us remember is going underneath our eyes. I love my brother and or sister, and no matter what they do, they love me too. Going underneath our nose on top of our lip, I love my brother and or sister, and no matter what they do, they love me too. And then going to our chin, saying it one last time, I love my brother and or sister, and no matter what they do, they love me too. And then for our last one, the scary, scary shots, something that I find helpful to say as we tap on our collarbone is, I am brave and I'm doing my part to keep my body healthy. Going in for our bear hug, we say again, I am brave and I'm doing my part to keep my body healthy. And then the last time on our crown, I am brave and I'm doing my part to keep my body healthy. And after that, your body feels relaxed. You can think of those awesome positive things and then you can go out back into the rest of your day remembering how great you are and how you've got this and there's nothing that will scare you forever. Miss Hillary, I have a question. Yes. What if there's just one thing that I'm like really scared of or one thing that's being super annoying to me? Can I say that one thing over and over again? You can. Actually, okay. thank you for asking that, Miss Muriel, because that is an excellent question. We can repeat the one really big negative thing. And at the same time, we can also focus on saying one amazingly positive thing. And that amazingly positive thing has a fancy word. It's called mantra. And what it is, it's something that you can use to remind yourself of something positive, something that maybe you repeat to like focus back on your breathing or to give your mind peace. 
So you don't have to name three negative things. You can name as many or as few as you'd like, just as long as you say it while you're tapping. Cool. Yes. I love that. So we have gotten to tap into our bodies a bit more. I'm looking forward to this next exercise because it kind of takes elements from our starfish breath, with our little friends up through, tapping into our physical body with some of our school age friends and combines those elements of imagination and tactile muscles um, into one really neat way to relax. We use this all the time in the hospital because oftentimes it reminds the patients, the families and friends that we work with that they do have power over their bodies and that this power to tense and release certain muscles is a really tangible, very easy way that they can take that power back. And we call this exercise progressive muscle relaxation, which means that we are going to tense up or squish up our muscles and then relax them one by one. And what's really cool about progressive muscle relaxation is that you don't need a music therapist to do the music for you we are actually using a resource that you can find online for free called Liquid Mind, which is a series of songs that were written specifically to help with relaxation and also sleep. And in these songs, you can find them for different lengths. They could be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you can find them on any streaming platform. So Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora. I mean, anywhere there's a stream. Anywhere that there's a stream, you can find this. And for today's progressive muscle relaxation, we will be using Dream, and we're going to be using the 10 minutes. Ah, I think I can hear it now. As we tap into this song, go ahead and start clearing your mind from all of the information that you have already received today. You have been given so many gifts about how to relax, how to calm yourself, how to drive away negative thoughts. And in this last moment together, we are going to take you through your body and help it relax and find those last few moments of calm before the day begins again. So let's start by finding a comfortable position. What is comfortable for me may not be comfortable for you. So I'm gonna remain sitting, but we encourage you to lay on the floor, to find a nice wall to sit up against and rest your back on. Make sure that if you can, the room is just right in the sound and light and temperature around you. Once all of those elements are just about where they need to be, go ahead and sink in to the position that you're sitting in. And remember, while we do this, you don't have to overtire yourself. So if you feel uncomfortable at any point, you can just stop, relax, and using our starfish breaths, breathe normally. Now, if you feel comfortable now, go ahead and close your eyes. Become aware once again of your breathing. 
Notice how your stomach gently rises and falls with each breath. Take in long, slow, deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. Allow this breath to carry away stress and tension that your body might be holding. Now take another slow breath in through your nose and fill your lungs completely. Hold it for a moment and release the breath through your mouth. Empty your lungs completely. Let's take a third breath together. Breathing in, holding, and then letting it go. Now that you're breathing, is in a little bit of a rhythm, go ahead and return to a sense of normal. This new rhythm is good for my body. It helps me relax. Make sure you continue this breath throughout our exercise. And feel that as we breathe back into our normal rhythm, your body has already started to change. The stress in your body slowly begun to loosen and fade. Let's first bring awareness to our feet and our toes. If you can, go ahead and curl your toes down, 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 scrunching them up into the center of your feet. Tense those muscles so tight. Hold for just one more second and <sighs> release. Notice how different your feet feel when they are tensed and then when they are relaxed. Let's try it one more time. Breathe in. Tense those feet up. Hold, hold, hold. And then uncurl your toes. Now we're going to raise our attention to our lower legs, specifically to your calf muscles. Tense these muscles by pointing your toes up towards your knees. Hold for just a moment and then let those muscles go limp. Point up once more and hold it as high as you can, breathing in. And then as you breathe out, go ahead and drop your toes back down. We are going to continue to move up through our bodies. So make sure that you're still giving us those big relaxed breaths. Now, bring your attention to your stomach. For this, imagine that you are trying to touch your belly button all the way to your back and your spine. Breathe in and move that belly button back and then let it all go. Let's try that one more time. Breathing in, deep breath. Belly back and enter relaxation. Now, speaking of your back, we're gonna go ahead and tense those muscles too. 
arch your back slightly and tighten these muscles. So throw your shoulders as far back as you can. That's comfortable. And then release and go ahead back to your normal position. We're gonna try that once more. Breathing in, arch your back, throwing your shoulders back as possible. And then breathe out and sit back. Moving up, up, up from our back to the tops of our shoulders, we are gonna focus on the muscles in our shoulders and in our neck. We are going to slowly and carefully pull our shoulders up when we breathe in, all the way to the bottom of our ears, and then relax as we breathe out. Let's try that one more time with our breath. Shoulders up. Feel those muscles get heavy and warm, loose and limp. Now we're going to let go of all the tension in our arms and hands. We're going to bring awareness to our forearms and our hands. So we're going to squeeze our hands into fists to feel the tension in both our forearms and in our hands. Now you're going to exhale and slowly relax your fists and feel your lower arms relax. We're gonna take a big breath in and squeeze our fist one more time. Hold it and then exhale and relax our fists. This next part might be really important because our faces are now getting a lot of attention from masks. In order to protect one another, we are wearing these and being oh so careful. I think it's time that we give our face a little love. So what we're going to do is we're going to tighten all of the muscles in our face by squeezing our eyes shut, our lips together. Pretend there's a ladybug at the very tip of your nose. Breathe in and then blow her away and off to a beautiful flower. Let's try a butterfly this time. Go ahead and breathe in, tensing our eyes and mouth, and then giving that butterfly beautiful breath to carry off from. And as we watch our butterfly friend and our ladybug friend fly far, far away, we're just gonna sit here for a little while longer, allowing our body to completely relax. We're going to think through all of the parts of our body that we tensed up today and squished. And if we see any areas that might still be a little tight, we're going to gently roll, clench them up as we breathe in, hold, and then open up as we exhale. We're gonna do that one more time clenching up any areas of your body that still might be tight. Breathing in, and then exhaling as we let go. Now, we're going to bring awareness back to our entire body. We're gonna wiggle our fingers, move our head, maybe shrug your shoulders. If you want, you can even lean side to side, 
like our starfish that was under the sea. You can move your legs. And if you're not wearing sneakers like me, you could wiggle your toes. When you're ready, if you've had your eyes closed this entire time, you can open them. Now, welcome nope. back. <laughs> no pressure. But when you decide to stand up, be mindful that your body, it's not uncommon for your muscles to still be in the relaxed state. And I wanna thank you for joining us today in this progressive muscle relaxation. And I hope you have a calm, restful remainder of your day. We are so grateful to have gotten to share this experience with you. And we are so excited to hear what questions you have for us. Yes. It sounds like we're going to take a quick break and then get together one more time so that we can answer some of your curiosities. But we before we go to that, I have one more resource that I wanna share with you guys today. Now this resource is called Elisa's Legacy Library. And our friends here at Rothko Chapel will be sending this out in a follow-up email so that everyone has access to it. And what this is, it's a series of relaxation exercises that was developed by one of our friends at the hospital. Now, these exercises span a whole bunch of different types. We have progressive muscle relaxation, like what we just did, music-assisted relaxation. We've got one specifically to help you sleep. We've got one that's gonna be a healthy way to get your body moving but also being mindful about that movement. Mm -hmm. We also have something that's really fancy called vibroacoustics and autogenics. And we have those developed for any number of reasons. So if you need a two minute, a five mm -hmm. minute, or even longer, we have different videos that span those different times. What's really cool about this resource too is that we're trying to be very mindful about who is tapping in and wanting to listen. So currently, you have scripts in both English and Spanish, but we are working hard with our translation services team at the hospital to get a myriad of languages so that everyone can have the gift of relaxation. This is free and found on YouTube. Yes. So whenever you need a moment of calm, just give it a click, type in Elise's Legacy Library, and you will see all kinds of children and family-centered relaxation opportunities for you. And if you have any questions about Elise's Legacy Library or any questions about what we did today, we're about to start a Q&A. So please send in your questions so that way we can do our best to answer them, and we'll chat with you guys in a little bit. So welcome back everyone, Ashley here again, and thank you Miss Mariel and Miss Hillary for that great offering. Um, I don't know about you all, but I'm feeling so relaxed and I learned so much. Like I learned that I can relax my body through breathing mm -hmm. in through my, uh, help me, I had the word starfish <laughs> body. I also learned that when I'm feeling really stressed out, uh, or angry or upset that I can tap my way back into a sense of calm. And then I learned there's this great resource online that can help guide me through like tensing different parts of my body and then relaxing that can help me go to sleep or help me through some of these challenging moments. So 
So this is really exciting. Um, I, I think we're inviting all of, well, I know, we're inviting all of you to share in your questions. Um, and while we're getting some of those in, one question I wanted to start with was to ask if you could just share a little bit about your experience working with young people at Texas Children's Hospital, and if maybe there's a story that you could share of how music therapy has really helped them. Um, there are so many stories. Yes. Music is one of, I think, the best things we're able to offer patients and families at mm -hmm. the hospital. Music and medicine work hand in hand there. But I do think there's one specific story. I think if we're thinking about the same yeah. thing, um, there's one patient who actually we both got to work with. Um, and Mariel had been working with her a little bit longer, so maybe you can get yeah, some background. Yeah, we can kind of talk you through um, how music was able to work in a, in a whole bunch of different ways with this one specific patient. She is a teenage female that is from not far from here, and she was impacted by COVID-19. So with us for a long time on very many machines, mm -hmm. helping her breathe, helping her heart pump blood, it's called an ECMO machine. Ultimately, our friend had to have a double lung transplant because the disease destroyed them. And throughout that, her body was going through the most extreme changes. So she went from a healthy, fully functioning teen to someone who was stuck in her bed to at one point, someone who was sedated in bed. Mm -hmm. And then she had to recover and kind of go back through and let her body relearn how to function normally. So music therapy was originally consulted to help with her anxiety and uh, to help her enhance her quality of life because she was very stuck physically, but we wanted to continue moving her forward mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. After her lung transplant, we used music to help with non-pharmacological pain management. So this is helping kind of put her back in control of the pain that she was experiencing. And then as she got stronger and transferred to the TICU, we moved to co-treatments mm -hmm. with physical and occupational therapy. She's a huge Bieber fan, so we used a lot of Justin's new music and modified it so that we were entraining the music to her exercises, to marching in place. If it's not you, it's not anyone. Uh, and from there, we got to progress back into, we almost came full circle, mm -hmm. back into her psychosocial wellness. Yes. And then throughout that, the types of music interventions that we used changed. So when she wasn't really able to be as active, it was a lot of music listening where we would play music for her. Um, like Mariel said, when, she was, when we would co-treat with her physical therapy, it was active music engagement. So we would provide the music and then we would kind of entrain her brain to match our speed. And then when we were going back to our psychosocial focus, uh, we actually used therapeutic music instruction and she learned how to play the ukulele. And what's really awesome about music therapy and all the things that we worked on is that she's still continuing to use and do these things outside of the hospital. That's right, she's no longer at Texas Children's Hospital. Yay. Such a great story. And it makes me so curious. I know that you all shared a little bit about this in this whole last session that we've experienced together and also just now. But I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about like 
what exactly is the music doing? Like, how is, how does music impact our body and our brain? And um, that could, that's a very general question, and you can also get specific. I was thinking even with that EFT, like, yeah. what's happening here? What is it about this tapping, and what is this tapping doing? Yeah. Well, I can definitely speak to the EFT, but cool thing about Miss Muriel over here is that she is a neurologic music therapist, which means that she received additional training specifically focusing on how music affects our brains. So she knows all of the fun, fancy science words and I'll let her explain it. So I'm going to try and keep this simple because I can super nerd out about this. But what's really cool about music is that it remains one of our world's only positive external stimulators bilaterally. That means that when music is present, there are multiple uh, facet points or interaction points in our brain that are all firing simultaneously. This means that when we're involved in music making, oftentimes every lobe, our temporal lobe is processing the auditory stimulus, the actual sounds that we're hearing. Our um, like frontal cortex um, is processing cognitive things like what the lyrics are or what the dynamic level is in the very center of our brain where the amygdala and hippocampus are housed. Those are positive emotions and memories coming up right as the music is happening. And uh, what's super fun is that when we're actually making the music, we're also getting that parietal lobe in. So that's where we move out of our bodies process movement through the parietal lobe and the homunculus. And this means that we're um, triggering all of these points. I know that there's one lobe I've not mentioned. That's the occipital lobe. And this is where vision is typically housed and processed. What's really cool about music is that because it is so strongly tied to memory, we are actually envisioning moments and lighting up that space for storage of memories later. So. The whole brain is dancing and singing and making music with you when these things are happening. What's really nice is that you don't have to be actively engaged for a, a huge chunk of your brain to still tap in. Listening to music can help. Um, we also are innately rhythmic. I might let you talk about entrainment and the, our heartbeat yes. and our respiratory rate. <laughs> yes. So all of the things that Ms. Muriel said, all the fancy medical terms, um, I will also add to that, which is one of my favorite things ever, is when we take kind of pictures of our brain, so the MRIs, music is one of the only stimuli that can light up your entire brain, whereas other stimuli might light up your left side, might light up your right side, might light up those lobes individually, but music lights up everything. And related to entrainment, the cool thing about music is with all of those lobes that are activated, when we hear songs, our basic functions can actually match the speed of the music that we're listening to. So oftentimes, if you're listening to a really fast, really happy, or really angry song, your heart rate might start speeding up. And maybe you want to dance a little bit. Maybe you start breathing in a little bit faster. But at the same time, kind of like what we showed today, if you are listening to a slower song, maybe it's sad, maybe it's a song that you're just thinking about the lyrics, your heart rate will actually automatically slow down, and your breathing will start to slow and even itself out. 
Now, how this relates to EFT is that using a tactile stimuli, we can actually be entrained to the music. So I don't know if you guys caught it, but I was matching Miss Muriel's speed on the guitar. And as we got to our negative, we kept it pretty fast. And then once we got to our positive, we tried to slow it down. And in music therapy, we call that the ISO principle. And I apologize for you throwing so many terms, but all that means is that we match really fast music and entrain our hearts, and then we can manipulate it by slowly slowing down. And so that's how that kind of plays into it. It's so fascinating. I think we all know that intuitively, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I certainly have those songs where like if I'm feeling kind of blue and I'm having a hard day, there's a song or two that I'll go on that like the next thing I know, I'm moving around my yeah. house, right? Feeling a little happier. Um, so it's so helpful to actually know how that's rooted in science and that actually there are things happening inside of our brain that are making this true. I have a question here from Jennifer who, it sounds like Jennifer, you have a teenager and the question becomes, how might she and other parents out here with teenagers adapt some of the exercises that you shared so they don't feel as childish, or perhaps there's other exercises that you could share um, that would be good for that age group. And it sounds like even, you know, the Justin, Justin Bieber idea, right? Mm -hmm. It could be even as rooted in just the music perhaps they like. Well, I will say, I think all of our exercises, I can confidently say, can be applied to any age group or really any individual, even if they have different needs. Um, as concerning the adolescents, okay, and the teens, you don't have to do starfish breath. Yeah. I mean, if they're into it, yay. Um, but you could just take away the animal itself and just focus on the breathing. Um, and you can just work on breathing in and specifically naming those body parts. Um, EFT applies to any age. It's going to be the same tapping points, regardless of your age. But and I was like, my boyfriend just broke up with me, and <laughs> I am very sad about it. What do I do? Please help me. Yes. I'm going to be okay. And then positive could be, I'm blowing up on TikTok. I'm I don't know. <laughs> um, so the verbalization itself would change per individual. The tapping will remain the same. I might add one thing to help you out, Jennifer. It's going to be, we call it patient preferred, but that's fancy words for you're going to need to find music that if you're wanting to do this as a family unit that everyone can agree on and that everyone likes. Yes. Preferred music is the best source of music to utilize in order to make this significant change. Yes. We made some recommendations today, but I think in addition to Liquid Mind and Elisa's Legacy Library, if there is a piano in your home and that's something you're used to listening to, finding pre-recorded or streamed piano music that you guys can then do these exercises together with would be a really good idea. And I'm going to add on to the yeah. add-on once yeah. more. Um, within that patient-preferred music, I know oftentimes we find just instrumental music, so music that doesn't have singing. Mm -hmm. However, that's not everyone's jam, and yeah. I mean that literally. literally. Um, some people process or relax better with lyrics, so uh, I just always like to make a note because I know oftentimes people who maybe aren't as... Um, musically experienced, might just look up piano or guitar or classical music. And sometimes that can be overstimulating for some of our friends. So 
Just wanted to throw that caveat. That's so helpful. We, so we have just a couple minutes left and uh, two final questions, one of which is very specific about Eliza's library and how that works. I think what we'll do is we're gonna send a follow-up email to everyone who's attended and who's registered with more information about the resources that were shared and we'll sh be sure to include that one in there so that you have those details. Um, a final note and question was shared by someone saying thank you for this gift. And, um, and they're asking what y'all's favorite activity is to do with young friends. And so I would invite that as the final question. If you have one particular activity you love doing with friends or maybe even in your own life, like something you leave work and then you're at home, like is there something that you do that, that helps you? Yeah. I really like music and movement. Most of the time you'll find me on the inpatient rehab unit or in our neurology unit. I like seeing the physical example of how impactful music can be. And when I'm not within the walls of the hospital, I really like to move my body. I've recently had to be very still. And so my yoga practice has become adapted. I, I really love yoga and moving my body outside. So those are some things that really kind of help ground me, help me get in a, in a mindful place and um, help me to come back every day to a stressful situation. And I also am a big fan of music and movement, but I think what I particularly, particularly love doing in the hospital is active music engagement, which really covers all sorts of jamming. So it could be me teaching a patient how to play an instrument. Sometimes I just give instruments and let them play and we just make up a song or we just jam out. You don't really have to learn music to play music. Um, and as far as kind of my personal life, I would say music and movement as well, but I also really love playing music at home. Um, and you would think that I would have enough music between my job and everything else, but that's never the case. Um, so I find it relaxing to kind of just go home and maybe play a song that I wouldn't necessarily play in the hospital or if something happened that day, find a meaningful song and kind of just process the day's event through that. So thank you both, Ms. Muriel and Ms. Hillary for sharing your time with us and for all the really important work you do with all of our young friends who are at the hospital. Thanks to all of you all for taking the time out of your day to join us. This was such a gift. I hope that it left you informed with some new ideas that you can carry with you and feeling good to, to delve into the rest of your day. Um, I do hope, again, if you haven't been to the Rothko Chapel, that you'll consider coming and visiting. You can learn more about this space and how to visit by going to our website, which is rothkochapel.org. And through that site, you'll be able to learn about other exciting programs that we have coming up. So thank you again. Be well. Bye.